You're listening to The Narrators. Today's story comes from Jacob Rupp. Jacob is a Denver comic and the co-host of the podcast Chicken and the Nuggets. The theme of the show was stuffed. Hello, my name is Jacob. Not sure why I typed that out. Um, I know everyone is tired of talking about this pandemic and COVID. I get it, you know. Uh, But I'm here to share a little bit of my experience during the lockdown. Uh, I do feel like, however, (laughs) like eventually we'll be able to talk about this pandemic like our grandparents talk about Vietnam War. You know, it's just like back in my day, we had a COVID lockdown. I had have meetings over Zoom and I only had curbside pickup at the dispensary. It was awful, you know. And I think eventually as I get older, I'm going to start lying more and more about it to seem more badass, you know, just like uh, the year was 2020. I was the only person left in my village. It was all on me to invent a vaccine. I still had to order curbside pickup at the dispensary. It was awful. (laughs) So uh, my girlfriend and I lived in a studio apartment in the middle of Capitol Hill uh, here in Denver. Uh, 13th and Washington, uh, across the street from Wax Tracks, and like two blocks away from the police station on Colfax. Uh, That'll come up later. Before the lockdown, this worked well for us. You know, we were both stand-up comedians. We both had day jobs. We were both out of the apartment working uh, throughout the day, doing shows at night. We'd come back to a good location, a small place. Didn't matter to us. Uh, That all changed on March 11th, 2020. Uh, I'll remember the day forever. I was streaming the Nuggets game illegally on my phone. uh, And then suddenly they canceled the game in the middle of it uh, because a Utah Jazz player, Rudy Gobert, had COVID. Uh, And that's when I started to take it seriously. Uh, (laughs) I I knew it was bubbling up in the news for a while, but once the NBA stopped, I knew it was going down for realsies. So pretty much immediately after that, comedy shows got canceled left and right. Uh, Me and my girlfriend started to work from home. And what was once a nice little night sanctuary for us turned into uh, our whole world. was a studio apartment uh, isolated from society that became increasingly contagious. Uh, We lived on the third floor of a four-level building. Uh, The floor of our apartment had about 10 little studio apartments in it. Uh, But I want to focus on the neighbor directly across the hall from us. Uh, I wish I knew his name, but I don't really remember. So this guy, for our purposes today, we'll just call him Rudy Gobert. Uh, Rudy Gobert was a large, seemingly gay fellow. Uh, I know that sounds like a bigoted detail, but it'll come up later. So Rudy did not adapt to the lockdown very well, uh, to say the least. It started with loud music throughout the night, uh, which isn't that bad or even rare for our shitty apartment. There were thin walls to hear music. Uh, But this is the first time we noticed Rudy, and it became a nightly occurrence to have music blasting out through us. The music was Demi Lovato and Katy Perry exclusively. Uh, Like all their party hits. It would be 2 a.m. and the music would start blasting from a small speaker he put out in the hallway in front of our door, Uh, not even in his apartment. Uh, This went on for nights, multiple nights. Nobody got any sleep. Nobody could reason with him at all. Uh, After this phase, Rudy started to venture more into the hallways. Uh, A different issue popped up seemingly every day, and anything an annoying neighbor could do, he would do it. Uh, So let's go through some highlights. 
We assumed Rudy began at least taking drugs. He was up at all times blasting as Katy Perry and acting erratically all the time. Uh, we also assumed that Rudy began selling drugs to the homeless people on the corner of our street and inviting them into his apartment. Uh, excuse me, people experiencing homelessness. Look, you can invite people experiencing homelessness into your apartment. I don't care. But as a result, people from the outside would get into the building, which was apparently very easy, and just start knocking and screaming for Rudy on his door at all times of night. Uh, side note, a different dude on our floor uh, at the end of our hall was definitely selling drugs out of his studio apartment, uh, again, resulting in people experiencing homelessness, uh, knocking on his door at odd godly hours and screaming for anyone to help them. Uh, also, my girlfriend was working from home once by herself, and she thought she heard a big bang, and she looked in the hallway, and a bunch of scraggly gentlemen were running off with a laptop and a TV and other electronics out of the drug dealer's apartment. So uh, I guess my point is maybe wages should be higher so people don't have to sell drugs just to live into a 150-square-foot apartment. But I digress. Uh, so if you're keeping score at home, that's one mentally unstable neighbor maybe sharing drugs. Uh, that's another neighbor selling drugs and the random collection of people experiencing homelessness. All right, back to Rudy Gobert. He got louder and louder over time in the hallways. He started banging pots and pans in the hallway and constantly talking and trying to get people to come out of their apartment. Uh, you may be asking, where are the cops in this situation? Well, the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement was just happening, so calling the cops was not exactly the move. Uh, however, Rudy became aggressively knocking on doors and causing more of a ruckus. So the cops were called by somebody. Uh, the first time the cops came, Rudy talked to them with more confidence and ease than anyone I've ever seen ever. Uh, I don't remember exactly what they were talking about, but Rudy responded with like, you don't have to tell me twice, okay, honey? My man's out here taunt calling a cop, honey, <laughs> like he's a Reno 911 skit or something. Uh, after that, the cops came a couple times. Rudy became getting more and more violent and dangerous. Uh, somehow, he found out that a guy on our floor was uh, on the sexual abuser directory, and he hated that. Uh, he kept on yelling, 202 is a predator. Everyone watch out for 202. And like, how could you live here without with the guy with a pedophile in 202? So the cops came back, uh, and they actually took him away. They started to arrest him, uh, not cooperatively, of course. Uh, the cops are getting ready to take Rudy away, and my girlfriend and I are, like, glued to our people. Uh, <laughs> Rudy was res resisting, so the police sort of, like, tripped him, you know, to kind of uh, mess up his balance. And Rudy screamed out, You touched my penis, you pervert! And Havoc watching it go down, nobody touched his penis, but... The cop was embarrassed, and he was, and he was like, I didn't touch your penis. I was handcuffing you. And then Rudy screamed again, you touched my penis, and I know it because I'm not circumcised, and I feel everything. <laughs> He's saying this to a cop that's about to arrest him. The next day, somehow Rudy is back from his field trip. Uh... My girlfriend and I had to leave the apartment, and uh, we ran into him in a hallway. He's literally the door <laughs> next to us. Uh, he was sitting in his doorway. He was organizing some sort of scrapbook of terror, and uh, 
He was wearing a wristband from a hospital visit. And I shit you not, somehow he was wearing like one of those caps that doctors wear. <laughs> like, how did he get that? No idea. Uh, we said hello politely and he was surprisingly really like calm and even keel. He apologized to us. He apologized for like multiple weeks. And we were just like, oh, yeah, no problem. No worries at all. You know, no big deal. All good. Just overselling it. Like, even though it was very much a problem. And... Uh, we're just like, yeah, you know, pandemic, but this is a crazy time for everybody. And uh, basically being like, please spare us if you stop start stabbing people. Uh, <laughs> that's the last time we saw Rudy. Uh, he got taken away by his mom, we're pretty sure. Uh, I think we talked to the landlord, and she mentioned that he may have uh, been on some medication for some mental issues. So maybe he was either off the meds or on some different meds. We don't really know. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, being me from Catfish, uh, <laughs> found his Facebook, actually, uh, where we found out that he went to Vanderbilt. Uh, <laughs> he was 37 and had a cat, which we didn't find ever. Um, I should mention, too, this was three weeks into lockdown. Uh, <laughs> our apartment building couldn't handle a month of this COVID situation. And uh, that's the last time we saw Rudy. Uh, a couple months later... The Black Lives Matter movement's heating up. A lot of protests were occurring, especially down the street at the Capitol and a couple blocks away at the police station by our house. Um, one weekend was especially bad. Uh, all the protesters were pushed right in front of our apartment building, uh, and it was really scary. Outside our window was 13th Street, um, and we watched as people pushed a dumpster on fire into the middle of the street. Riot cops were hanging on SWAT cars, driving around, pushing the protesters back. At some point, right in front of our window, a dude started to pour liquor on the floor, on the street. Uh, he lit it, and it lit it on fire, and it said, we the people. Uh, I mean, he didn't, he didn't make it all the way, so it said, we the P. But... Um, he just couldn't finish it. I don't know. But then the cops smoke bombed and tear gassed out the block. Tear gas came up into our poorly insulated windows. We were in our bathrooms just with the hot water running, trying to breathe, not breathe it in. And uh, we went to my mom's house in Colorado Springs for the weekend. Um, we, we eventually, a couple months later, found a condo further down 13th in the Hilltop neighborhood. Uh, where we all of a sudden are the loud ones. Uh, <laughs> our neighbor now keeps complaining to us because we walk around our place at 10 p.m. and watch TV, and I can't help but laugh in her face because uh, it's just white complaints. Uh, and it just like doesn't compare to what we went through in our just stuffed in our little Capitol Hill apartment, you know? And not I don't want to sound too, like, not everything was bad at this apartment, you know, during quarantine. Uh, I was outside smoking weed. My girlfriend, not smoking, just hanging out outside. A photographer came up to us for a French uh, newspaper and asked if he could take our picture. Uh, and whatever, sure, go ahead. And uh, the next day, I got a message that our picture was in the New York Times. Uh and I'm not sure what the article is about because I can't get past the paywall. Um, <laughs> but I just want to shout out Eli with the French press for giving me my first big credit. So from now on, you can refer to me as Jacob Rupp, comedian featured in the New York Times. Thanks, Fountainhead Apartment, for that parting gift. All right. Thank you, guys, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Have a great night. I'm good. Thank you. Not, I'm not just getting an applause break. I'm, I'm done.
Jacob Rupp, everyone! Narrators is produced by me, Ron Doyle, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. Our music is by Gabby Gutierrez-Reed and Kevin Matthews. Special thanks to our sponsors, Bumport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, and Great Divide Brewing Company. We'll be back next week with a new episode. If you're in Denver, please join us for one of our live shows, which take place on the third Wednesday of every month. For more information about the live show or past episodes of this podcast, you can click on the link in our show notes or visit our website, thenarrators.org. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.